Bill Simmons hosts the most downloaded sports podcast of all time with a rotating crew of celebrities, athletes, media staples, and a slew of other friends and family members who always happen to be available. Check out the Bill Simmons podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on, I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. It's like watching a buffalo and then the buffalo gets out this magic wand. You're like, oh, I didn't think you were that dead. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, everyone? Welcome to Writer's House on Ringer FC. Hope you're all safe and well. Today, we're going to talk about the news that Harry Kane has informed Spurs that he wants to leave. We're going to talk more about the Women's Champions League. We're going to give flowers to Alison Becker after his last-minute winner. And finally, a bit about Borussia Dortmund, who won the German Cup and qualified for the Champions League in the last week. And my guest today is Mr. Musa Akwanga. Mo, how are you, bro? Very good, very good. Yeah, I said that. So I'm keeping, just rhyming now. Keeping it old school. You see, keeping, keeping it old school. 1980s. What's been happening, bro? Everything cool? Everything's great. Everything's great. Um, lots of writing, uh, lots of pastries, lots of long walks. Yeah. Moose, what's it called? I've been getting a lot of traction off of the back of, because obviously posted, because our book, Striking Out and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been getting so much, like, I don't know, comments and people saying, oh, I'm so excited about it. It was really cool to read that little bit and that. It really does. Something happens inside you, doesn't it, Moose? I don't know. I just feel, <laughs> you know, like zingy, zingy when the people talk about it. Because I remember when we started and thinking about talk, doing that and how we're going to do it when we're talking and when we're getting it done. You know, yeah, you feel yeah, so yeah. nervous, Moose. When I you hear I, people so excited about that first bit. I'm so excited about the, the book, honestly, because... Uh, like obviously the time frame to get it done was is small mm, and yeah. it's like making a lot of things right. It's being true to your story, but then to your life story, but also Jerome's story and like your mm -hmm. interaction with Jerome, like your relationship yeah. with him and um and also the domestic situation of what's going on at home because yes. there's situations of domestic abuse at home. Yeah. Some are emotional, some are physical, but they're all mm. deeply psychological. And yeah. it's like in some ways Jerome's life at home is different to yours, but it's very similar. And yes. 
But then it's also getting all the football stuff in and the food and the fun. So it was, no, no, no. It's, it's oh, honestly, man, it's, all it's, of that, man. It's like big. It's very big exciting. I'm pleased. It's, it, it's, I'm very proud of it. Thanks, very man. Well, I mean, it, it means man. a lot because I'm, I, you know, I've, I've put out obviously other projects this year, but this was the one I can tell you this now that I was the most nervous about because the, the margin for error in terms of like the mm. story that people can learn from, engage with, mm. enjoy that represents how you were and how you lived and how young people live today. Yeah. Like do to mean there was so much there. So I'm, I'm just like, so I sat there. It's funny. I can say this now. I sat there mm. last night in this morning, just like staring at the cover going, wow, yeah. this is actually, this is actually going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah. So here, it's, it's brilliant. here. We've got to talk about Harry Kane, Moose. Let's because do it, let's I'm do it. so, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued, you know, especially the other day and excited and nervous. And there's all sorts of stuff that's happening with you simply because Harry Kane, mm. you know, coming out and saying, I want to leave Tottenham now and Spurs fans saying, yeah, you know, maybe you yeah, should go and this and that. But I, the reason why I'm so intrigued and so I can't, I'm, I'm watching this, I'm watching this closely is because let's face it, Moose. You know, yes, it's not kind of worked out since he signed a deal in 2018 and I'll probably get back to that at some stage, but Tottenham have got every right to, to, to hang on as long as they can. He's not even halfway through a six-year deal, Moose. I know uh, it's, it's wild. It's wild. It's not even halfway through, Moose. You know, I, I don't know what the workings of, you know, his career plans are and everything else, but if he hits the market now at 27, even have, even having had those injuries, there's a couple of teams in particular that should be going hard after him. Who? I think actually Manchester City should. Yeah. I'm not sure if they will. I think actually that Erling Haaland should be a higher priority. Yeah, me But too. I also think that if he's on the market this year, he's someone you get because he changes everything. Like he... City are funny because City have worked out how to score many goals, right? Like without a conventional striker. Yeah, yeah. But I think the team's also wise up to that. Teams wise up. And that's why yeah, you've got to will, keep yeah. ahead of the game. You've got to keep thinking. and You have to have that guy who can get that half chance to give you the, the confidence and the, and you know, when, you, when it's not going for you, your defence is doing well moves, but then you're not scoring that goal. You're like, when are we going to get that goal so we can all relax? They exactly. score that. Aguero scores that. He's, Harry Kane scores that goal. Back to Spurs fans as well for a moment, because you've got to think of them, of course. Now, mm. this is the thing. Every so often in a, in a striker's career, they're called upon for loyalty, right? Yes. Gabriel Batistuta, when Fiorentini get relegated to Serie B, Del Piero and Juventus get uh, demoted after their place in the scandal, the match-fixing scandal. Yeah. Like, strikers are called upon every now and again for loyalty. And this is what's happening to Kane. And it's a funny one, because people will basically make a judgment whether he stays or goes. And a lot of people understand if he goes, they'll quietly understand if he goes, but this is his moment. The sad thing is for him, it's going to be like, well, you will, whatever he does next will determine whether he goes down as a true legend for this club. Yeah. He's yeah. already done so much in terms of goal scoring. Yes. But I think there's an asterisk if he leaves now in relation to his legacy as a Spurs legend, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But can I, can I just go back on the city stuff a sec, Mil? Yeah, sure, because sure. Please do. Yeah, when you're looking yeah. at a, a city that don't spend more than 60 odd million, mm. then you've got, and you mentioned Haaland, who is these clause like 70 million next year or something? something I'm not sure how much it is low. for him. I'm not sure what his clause is. It just seems to me that, especially his dad, has got a link with there, but we know that Viola and, and Pep don't really get on and Pep's there for, looks like it's for another, another few years. 
you have to throw that in the mix, but doesn't it make more sense that if that's going to happen and you are going to start breaking the 60 odd million bracket and you're going to go for someone, you're going to go for a, a younger striker with the potential to go down as one of the greats and you could get him for the kind of monies that you think, well, I'm going to get a return. I think, well, I, I think, I think Holland is the, don't get me wrong. I think he's the elite player on the market, regardless of his age, actually. Mm. I think you're completely right, Ian. I think that, and also as well, like, don't forget, big clubs break their own rules. It wasn't long ago that um, Jurgen Klopp said, we're not going to pay over the odds for a defender or a player yeah. and they pay yeah, 80 million for Van Dijk. So, yeah. and I'm not, I'm not saying to criticise Klopp. I'm saying that rules are there to be broken in exceptional cases. Yeah. Van Dijk was an exceptional case and Haaland is an exceptional case. He is a striker that will dominate European football. As long as he stays free of injury, he will dominate European football for the next decade and more. The thing about Harry Kane, though, obviously Haaland is slightly ahead of him in terms of the market, but mm-hmm. Kane is a player. He's 27, so still fairly young, actually. He has had injuries, but he's returned from injury in impressive form, great yeah. efficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen big players come back and not make their best after injury, but he's adapted his game really successfully. He's a plug and he's what I call a plug and play. You can put him into any mm-hmm. forward line. Yes. And he instantly yes. knits it together. Does that make sense? Yeah. He's, there Absolute are certain players sense. in world football that have that. Raheem Sterling's got it. You can put Raheem Sterling in any front line. He'll knit it together. Jaden Sancho, same thing. Harry mm. Kane, same thing. Just put them in and they'll sort the front line out. Moose, can I say something about, because you have to, I want to go deeper with the Kane and the time, because he signed his new deal, Moose, um, mm. for Tottenham before the World Cup, right? We're talking about a number nine, a striker that's going, he's leading the line for England. He will start. He's got the capability of winning the golden boot there. Right. And you've been offered a contract by the club, which of course they're going to try it. For me, Moose, the club has to try and say, let's time down now. Because if he goes to the World Cup, wins a golden boot, then obviously we're in serious trouble in respects of monies and what we're going to pay him and what he could ask for. I am absolutely dumbstruck that they signed a deal before that World Cup because he went to the World Cup, he won the golden boot, and he's already signed a deal. Now, a six-year deal, Moose, which like we say, he's just coming up to maybe halfway point. Mm. And for me now, even though it's the pandemic, Tottenham have every right to say, well, I don't care about how the market is. I don't care about who can afford him and who can't afford him. We want this because that is why they done that business there. And that is why it was up to Harry Kane's people to have the foresight to say, you know what I mean? Yes, they're doubling our money. And I'm, I think his brother's involved. I think his brother's an agent. I'm not saying he's done, he's done a bad job because it's done a magnificent job. A great contract he signed. Yeah. But if we're talking about a couple of years in and now we're thinking about pandemic and moving on, when you're, not, when you're just coming up to halfway, that was a bad decision by him and his team to sign that deal. It's a funny one because yeah, I, think, I, I think that's right. It was... Um... Levy is, you know, brilliant negotiator, mm. but there's a couple of things going on here. On one hand, he might say, I'm on no pressure to sell because he's got so many more years left in the contract. Mm-hmm. Other hand, the pandemic has hammered the finances. They still got the debt from the stadium. Yep. Levy was looking at the Super League because actually that would have been a cash cow for Spurs. Yep. That cash cow's not happening. And a lot of bets that Levy made didn't pay off, right? Levy made a big bet on Mourinho, didn't pay yes. off. Like yes. we can forget that very easily, but he put a lot of money behind Mourinho and actually until a couple of months ago, a few months ago, that looked like a good bet. When the moment that Spurs beat Manchester United 6-1 at Old Trafford, Mourinho looked like a good bet. Yes. So 
Levy must be adjusting to that already. Like, my goodness, Marina didn't work out. This guy I chased for years didn't work out. Now Kane wants to leave. That hasn't worked out. Like, there's a lot that he's got to factor in. Now, we know that he's a great negotiator. We know that he understands when to buy, when to sell. He could harbour this. But part of me thinks, if he gets a big offer from someone, I'm not sure who would make the big offer. Mm. It makes sense to sell Kane, I think, at this point. I think it makes sense to sell and rebuild. With, um, yeah, but with what about the fact that he's saying that he's not going to sell to um, one of his competitors? Like, let's say, for instance, you look at someone like, you look at, you look at Chelsea. I'm not saying mm. he'd go to Chelsea. No, no, no. You know, Roman Abramovich can just go, bam, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. I mean, now, he should be after Holland, to be honest, Abramovich. If, if he's interested in anyone, it's Holland. He, I think he's the he's one that probably Chelsea would should be. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but, with, but what I'm saying is, them saying that they don't want to sell to anybody who's a direct threat. Not he says a lot of that. Yeah, but he says a lot it's, of that stuff. Levy yeah, says everything. Yeah, but the fact is that they might be the only ones that come up with the money's just going to kind of bail him out like you've just mentioned there. Uh, yeah, I think Levy's hardballing. No yeah, I think yeah. he's hardballing. You don't let someone have it that easy. I think, um, look, he sold, to Berbat he sold Berbatov to Manchester United at the last minute mm. and got 31 million for him, which was superb business. It was absolute brinkmanship. And United were desperate. By the time the sale came up. United were like throwing, <laughs> throwing yes. money down the M62. Like, yeah. <laughs> so Levy, Levy knows what he's doing. And if we're going to be cynical, mm. some of those, most of the clubs that are interested in the Premier League are not direct competitors to Spurs because frankly, Spurs direct competitors right now are mid table. Yeah. If we're being real about it, yeah. you know, yeah. Spurs are a mid table. Could you imagine with, could you imagine Spurs without him? Remember talking 22 goals, 13 assists, man. Do you know what's going to hurt yeah. as well? Do you know what's going to hurt Spurs and Everton as well? See how Leicester have overtaken Spurs and mm -hmm. Everton. There is mm -hmm. no reason why Spurs should not be where Leicester are. You look at like fan bases, resources. Yeah. There's no reason, Ian. Like, and I, you know, on Spurs, this is self-inflicted wounds. Everton had their own challenges, but mm. self-inflicted wounds from Spurs. Yes. yes. You know? Yeah, and this will hurt Levy because Levy has made a lot of mistakes, and in, in his own way, like, Levy does really care about Spurs. He thinks Levy's problem for me is that he is not that he doesn't care about Spurs; it's that I think he doesn't take enough advice from other people within uh, the kind yeah. of Spurs within the Spurs ecosystem. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah he's made does. his way being the guy mm -hmm. that makes the hard calls and calls the shots, and he's got. And, and I, I, yeah. I don't say this with disrespect. I mean, like. I think his decision-making process needs a bit of review, actually. Can I, can I say as well, with this, this situation now, he now finds himself in, because they, they can't be happy, the mm. timing no, of no. this as well, Spurs, um, with, with the Harry Kane. And with, with Harry Kane, I'm, I'm just putting myself in his position, mm. right? I mentioned the contract and probably, I would like to think, I'd like to, when you've got 200,000 pounds being waved in front of you and you're going to a World Cup and it's the club you love and remember what they were going on to do under Poch, they sold them the, they sold them the dream. Yeah, and you know, exactly. it, nearly, it was close. It was close with Poch because you can imagine if they win that Champions League, if Poch gets the players that he wanted, if it doesn't kind of go sour, the milk and everything, if it doesn't go sour, you're looking at Harry Kane now and you're thinking, yeah, you know, he's probably getting ready to sign a new contract. Yes. With Tottenham uh, under Poch because then they would be doing what they're doing. But it's, it's literally gone the other way for Harry Kane. Uh, and the only thing that's been a constant 
is his goals and now his assists. It all comes down to where do you go? Because I can't see if he goes, I, I, I see Manchester City as being the place, but with Haaland, who we'll speak about, in the, in the mix and in the ether at some stage. Yeah, right, exactly. Right? You just feel like it doesn't make mass, doesn't make business sense to spend that money. And this is why, remember that, that um, link with Danny Ings, Manchester City, and everyone's saying, what? They want yeah. Danny Ings? And mm. I'm thinking to myself, that makes sense Ings for another year. Yeah, yeah. Ings yeah. knows what he's doing, yeah. Yes. And can you imagine, Ings in that team coming on, Ings scores goals in that team. He plugs, a gap in, he plugs a gap in that team. And if they are waiting for another year for, for the Haaland thing, I, I, I can see that as well. He'd score a lot of goals. He wouldn't complain about not always getting starts because exactly. of the tactical changes. And he's, again, he's another plug and play, actually. He would just come in and like combine yeah. so well. Such an intelligent player. Yeah. Who doesn't, who hasn't always had the level, well, actually, let's be honest, no one has the level of service that City strikers have. It would be like a buffet for a player like that. Mm. You know, Cavani's just renewed. So Man United, it's not going to happen for Kane at Man United, which I always at some stage thought that's a lovely fit for him. But for me, that's not what they need. And that's why it makes sense for them to sign Cavani now and give, I don't know, Greenwood another year watching him. and To develop. You know, then they've got to do something about their right-hand side, which we'll get onto because yeah. we have to talk about our guy, Jane Sancho. Um, Chelsea would do it. PSG under Poch, you know, probably could do something, but there's Harry Kane. Harry, Harry Kane surely wants to win the Premier League. But staying in, and why would he, why would he leave the UK as well? Like he likes it there. He likes, you know, he's scored so many goals in the Premier League. That must be a target at some point. Mm. I could see him wanting to maybe go up north with his lovely little family and stuff like that. Kane has scored so many goals in the Premier League. And if he joins the right team, which is why Manchester City must be tempting and why that must be the direction he leans in. Because if you go to Manchester City, you don't get the accusations of going to a direct London rival. Mm. You don't get that level of hate. And you're kind of out of the way. You kind of get left alone to quietly accumulate a stack of goals. Mm. And this is the year you've got to do it because once Holland comes on the market yeah. in a year, year and a half, that yeah. move isn't coming again. No. It's an interesting one, Moose. I want to see where he goes. I want Harry Kane to do something just like I wanted Steven Gerrard to win the, the, the Premier League and the Champions League. He's won the Champions League because of his ability he needed to. He had to. The world owed it to Stevie Gerrard to at least let him it get did. something of that calibre. I feel like Harry Kane's there. You talk about trophies, yeah. Like we were saying on the Stadio podcast about like mm. how Leicester needed that trophy to seal that era. Mm. You know, to mark what they've done since winning the league. And like, you know, like Poch never got that trophy. Yeah. It's funny. Trophies are not important until they are. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, this team doesn't need a trophy. This player doesn't. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah. actually, Kane needs... He needs a big win. He needs a win. He needs a statement. He needs a statement victory, to be honest. A statement victory. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Well, you mentioned this in the chat. You said yesterday, you said, imagine turning up to a final oh, God, and yes. your worst fear, and we'll get into like Women's Champions League final now. Let's talk about mm -hmm. that. Because it, you yeah. said this in the chat, you said, Imagine turning up to a final and 
the worst thing you could imagine hap- coming true, your worst nightmare. And it was like that for Liverpool in 2005 yeah, against yeah. Milan. The problem mm-hmm. is for Chelsea, obviously, the nightmare continued. They lost 4-0 to Barcelona in the Women's Champions League final. At this performance, I actually had to watch the first half again yeah. just to did process miss- it. Yeah, Why? I did. I had to, because what, I was what like, did you see? Because at first I was like, were there tactical issues? There were tactical issues, but you know, <clears> I saw more than ever. What? See when the ferocity of Barcelona's press. Oh gosh. Oh, Do you know gosh. what was funny? There's one moment Barcelona pressed the ball. It's happened from the first, from the kickoff, and then it happened a couple of times since. I think it was Hermoso. Hermoso sprints towards the ball. You know, like some mm-hmm. players, when they press, they're already turning. You know, when some players, they, they sprint towards the defender who's got the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a way they press. There's two types of press. There's the press where they're like, they're not really expecting to get it. So no, they're just kind of just stopping. They're just stopping an, an avenue. And, and they're already slightly turning yes, away because yes. they expect the ball. Jenny Hermoso sprinted towards this defender as if she was a ninja. Mm-hmm. It was like that scene in Crouching Tiger and Dragon where they're jumping off the roof. And it's like, it looked like she was actually... <laughs> like she sprinted towards her. Like it was like an Olympic sprinter. She went straight mm-hmm. for her and there was no turn. It was almost like chicken. And I was like, that's terrifying. Because mm. see, they did that like three or four times in the first 10 minutes and the ferocity of it, Chelsea went ready. Like Jisoo Yon, Jisoo Yon, the amount of time mm. she gets the ball and plays it yeah. square. Yeah. After they go four nil down, she plays this horrible square pass and she never plays a pass like that across the center circle, gets cut out, mm. busts up the counter. And I was thinking, this is because this player who's an astonishing footballer is completely disorientated. Uh, Moose, this is what I was saying. When I put it in there, yeah. I remember playing in the finals, whether it's the FA Cup final, the European, like the champ, Cup Winners Cup finals and this and that, playing in the semifinals, playing in the big games, Moose. Mm, yeah. what, because you know you're now getting to the level where you're playing against top players, yes. the best players, right? And th- what, what I learned from this is that you have to start right. And yes. what, are your, what I was more afraid of than anything else and why I put it in the group, Moose, is if you start wrong, what could go wrong? And fortunately for us, it never happened. And t- to a certain extent, you don't really see it happen too often at that level because the players are ready. But I think Chelsea and the domination they have over the WSL and the way they play, they went into that game feeling they didn't go into that game mentally ready enough. They could yeah. not have. They could not have. They, for me, they have never... <laughs> When have Chelsea had the fear, the fear of what was made, what could have happened against Barcelona? You know, when have they had point. that fear? They've not had that fear. They couldn't recognise that this may happen to them. And even if they start very slowly in the WSL and, and get, they're going to, because let's face it, their team's amazing. They've got yes, an amazing yes, team. Yes. So even if they do start, they're going to pull it back somewhere. But it just, it was fucking relentless from it was Barcelona. Relentless, you know, and yes. they, well, you could see Peniel Harder and her chance, Sam Kerr and her ch- they were afraid. You can you know see they were afraid. There was something that's so interesting you say this because I look at the, the, the key misses. There's, um, so Harder had two big chances. Oh, right? that's an amazing two big, chance. The one after two minutes, the mm. the f- after two minutes when she floated over the bar mm. and I was like, I know it sounds strange, but you can't read too much to body language, but collectively I was like, that's a huge chance. It's a massive moose because moose, they scored. Yes. Barcelona thinking, oh my God, we scored. And it, remember, it's a fluke goal. Yes. So in yourself as a Chelsea player, I would say, okay, we try to clear it. it, it our play it went in fine. They didn't score. Yes, they started well. She hit the bar, brilliant start. But the fact is they scored a fluke goal. 
if Panil Harder scores that, Barcelona start to respect Chelsea for the players that they know they've got. Yeah, yeah. She misses the chance and bam. And she comes back. She comes back again. They have a, she doesn't let her head go down. They get this amazing um, passing movement. In fact, the one that she, uh, she hesitates just a split second too long and allows a center back to get in a tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the passing move that led to that was beautiful. I was like, Chelsea are still playing great football. They're 2-0 down, mm-hmm. under pressure, they're playing great football. And then the Kermis, oh, the Kermis, it massive. looks worse. You watch it back because you know what the worst thing about it is? It's a great pass from Jisoo Yon, who's struggling to pick up passes, plays at a mm-hmm. glorious pass. In fact, she created their two best chances, credit to her. Mm-hmm. She creates a, gl- a, a glorious chance um, for Kerr. And I think it was at three, it might have been three at that point. Mm-hmm. But Kerr basically doesn't angle it, the lob. No. She gets she gets to it in plenty mm. of time yeah. and she, she puts a really bad angle on it. I just thought to myself, this is not happening for them today. And you know, the thing with it is, Moose, is that like with Liverpool, you, you, you couldn't help but feel, think, think about Liverpool in Istanbul. And you're saying, this will, be, this will be a massive thing for this Chelsea side if they could do this. If they can do that. And I felt for them simply because they had the chances to do it. They had the chances to be that team where they could have they could have come back against Barcelona. One goal in that first half, one goal um, would have given them enough for Barcelona to start thinking. Listen, man, we've got to be careful because they had the chances. I think the, the, the promise. So Kerr's had a funny one because she started the season missing and the radar was slightly off, but the movement was always there. Yeah, then she went yeah. on a hot streak, and then her and Kirby combined beautifully, and then it came back. Right, the, the chemistry came back. And the, the, the sad thing about this is a lot of these players had their worst game at the same time. And you, you mm. saw Frank Kirby, when Frank Kirby hit the ball against Melanie Loopholes and went in for the own goal. Mm. Kirby's face was just like, not resigned, but like, no, almost, like almost like just like of all the bad things yeah. that could have happened. Yeah. This is just horrifying bad luck. Didn't let her head go down. But the fear I have, the, the problem I have with Chelsea is just what you nailed. It's like, Chelsea did not understand that there was a hyena in the dressing room. When you mm-hmm. came, that, that Barcelona team is a hyena. When you come mm-hmm. down the wing, you have Hansen, mm-hmm. uh, who's astonishing, and Martins. You know, yes. I said to Ryan uh, a couple of days best. ago, best, two best wide best. forwards yep. in world football. Mm-hmm. And you have Neve Charles and Jess Carter. And yes. the problem oh. is, you see how they were on the flank there and they were playing out. Yes. When you have wide forwards of that quality, you have to have a, a, a better strategy for how you play down the line or how you play out or how you're yeah. aggressive. And, Neve Charles, I don't want to be critical of individual players. It was more, it's more a collective thing, but when you know there is that danger on the flank and PSG saw it in the previous round and they suffered with Lika Martins, especially that left side. Yeah. The left side for Barcelona, you have to clear your lines. You, you do, you do. You clear lines or you foul tactically high up the pitch on the halfway because there's a couple of times when Barcelona break, I did not see, and it sounds harsh to say this. No, I'm not, I'm, not try, I'm not trying to advocate Mm-mm. professional fouls, but I did, not see, I did not see any real opportunity uh, attempt by Chelsea to kill the tempo and slow the game Mo- down. Moose, there was, this is what I'm saying about the, what- The game management, at, yeah, yeah. Yes, watch, watching a team yeah. that's so dominant, the fact that they do it in the WSL and they probably would have got away with it. Mm. When, when it started, I thought, you've got to change this. You know I don't I mean? think that, here's a, here's, a, here's a hot take for you. I don't think that Emma Hayes was wrong to do that with those players because if you look at what they did- they didn't miss those. The, 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 what happened with Neve, with Neve Charles a couple of times in the first half, it was actually just missed tackles and it was a lack of conviction. It wasn't like when she was high up on the pitch against um, uh, Martins a couple of times, especially for the uh, fourth goal, 
when Hansen gets cuts in the front of the person on the six yard box and, mm-hmm, and scores a tap mm-hmm. in, there's two opportunities to make the tackle. Tackle. And she gets burned for speed. And Emma Hayes is probably thinking, you're both extremely fast. That's your wingers. Yeah. You, can, you can run with them because you're going to have to run this game. Yeah, but, but they, they know def- <laughs> defensively though, Moose. Defensively, it was big, brutal. It's a, it's it a was big really ask. brutal because like, I felt for both of them. I felt for Neem Charles and I felt for, for Jess Carr because you think like Jonah Anderson on the bench, you know what I mean? A proper defender. Proper, you think, tighten it up somewhere, Em. Can I ask you that Get- happened as well? To be fair to the flanks as well, to be fair to the fullbacks for Chelsea, mm. Chelsea also couldn't play through the middle. The amount of times that GC on, you see like um, Kara Hamrari, the amount of times- Oh my God, she was immense. Whoa. Okay, look, can I say this? Do you understand how gangster you have to be to wear a number 10 as a mm. defensive midfielder and oh. boss it. Do you, the level of touch you have to have to get yeah. away with that. Yes. that a, because that's you a know, big so move. I just realised, I just, just realised, because Amory's playing, playing defensive midfield. It's a big mood. A, a massive mood. And, and like, with the number, I literally just realised, why is a number 10 playing defensive midfield? You're saying, you're saying, I'm, you're saying I'm conducting proceedings. <laughs> from the center. That is a big... And you know what's great about flipping it over? So we just spoke about Chelsea and mm. the, 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 the shell... They were shell-shocked. The game was over. It was. The game was over. It's all a case of... Because now you're, Barcelona, they scored a second. Then they scored a third. Then they scored a fourth. And the, you think to yourself, Jesus Christ, they're, they're going to win this game. Now, let me see what, what Chelsea are about. They literally couldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything. You're going into the biggest game of your life, you know what I mean? And, you know, you're playing against a team that individually, especially, and what, that's what we found out with Chelsea at the moment. You need more of what Barcelona showed. Remember, a Barcelona side that got the same thing happened to them in 2019. Exactly. And they learned from it. This is one of those results. It's a bit of a cliche, but it could be the making of this Chelsea Hopefully. side. Hopefully. I think that, that, that Emma Hayes is probably going to be like, if she hears that players of hers have rewatched this game already, She'll probably be like quietly happy. She'll be like, good, study it. Because mm. see, the, the damning indictment, Ji Yon at 3-0 down, receiving the ball in the centre-back position mm. because she can't get on the ball high can't up the pitch or play it forward, ball. can't pick a pass and can't see a running option, can't see a lane. It's just so disoriented by that, front, by that, by that point in the Chelsea front line. Fran Kirby was isolated. You see her up on the right-hand flank, receiving possession. And at one point they're playing, Barca playing keep ball. In the left back position, the playing triangles. Mm. Obviously, they're like we can't mm. forget the big injury to Marin Mielda, which was a big yes, factor. I think a big that's a miss. huge factor. So Massive let's respect miss. that. But yeah. watching, seeing Magda Eriksson in tears at the end of that game, you understand what that meant to her because she yeah. she had her struggles getting fit again. Um, she was out for one of the games, I think, uh, or she suspended her for one of the semi final legs. And for me, it was just like this has to be the moment. This is like when Shaq got beaten four 0 in the NBA finals um, mm. for the Orlando Magic wow. by Hakeem Olajuwon when the Rockets just came through and oh steamrolled everyone. Hakeem the dream. Yeah, it's got to be like that. This has got to be like, okay, this was our clinic. We didn't realise that Barcelona had built a Death Star to this extent because <laughs> I, I think people did not understand. I think people thought, oh, Leon is gone. Yeah. The Leon is gone. The Emperor is dead. No, the Emperor is still alive. Mm-hmm. Because... There's, there's, a Darth Maul. Came, there's a Darth been, Maul in the yeah, corner. Yeah, Barca, yeah, they came with the term of two lightsabers. When <laughs> <laughs> Darth Maul turned that one on, then that one, you said, yeah, this is a lot. I wasn't ready for this. This was a lot. Exactly. This was a lot. So yeah, It was a horrible bit, watch for me, you know, Moose, because- Yeah, because you like know some I, people, yeah, yeah. You know the people and you know, you know, you, you know what it means to these girls. You know what it means to these ladies, man. You know, this is big. 
But what I would say to them, and, and you know what I mean? If I, if I was in and around that dressing, it happens when it's meant to happen. Right. And what I would say to them is, last season, what, 2019, what's happening to us now happened to that team who was celebrating there. Because, you know, like at the end, there, I saw some people when Barcelona, the game hadn't finished yet, but it's finished. It's 4-0. There's like two minutes to go. And they're doing their stuff. They're waving their shirts. Doing, people saying, oh, that's a little bit, no. No, that's, that's a little bit bad taste. And no, no, not at it's all. It's not. Because last year, or, 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 2019, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. 2019, Moose, them ladies went through it. They got run out of and, town. And, and what happened, yes. And what happened from then to now is what's meant to happen to you for you to then progress to go to the next level. I wonder if we look at this two years from now and Emma Hayes goes, that team talk I gave at 4-0 mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and final whistles, one of the most important talks I gave because that mm-hmm. was the beginning journey forward mm-hmm. that was the beginning of yes we lost 4-0 mm-hmm. we win together we lose together and maybe this was the mm-hmm. making of us I you think. hope so because yeah, they got a, so. they addressed they got a team who they can look at and say this happened to them and now look at them exactly so bam. that's the journey i reckon they can do it thanks fingers crossed for them You know what I love about Alison's goal and, and just the goalkeeper going up. Lose, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is right. There's a comedy moment. You know, it's over. Yes. Your goalie going up, you, you've now, you've written off the game. It's gone. Because if, yeah. if they break and they score, it's over. And there's always a comedy moment about it. But then, then he scores and we're going to it and that moves. But then you think to yourself, that's, that's just... It's, it's so amazing that the one person has come up and let's face it, West Brom, they've got two guys on the edge of the box. Someone just, he's a goalkeeper for Christ's sake. But no you one's going to mark. Yeah, just this is, just this go and point. just stand in front of him, do no, something. But you, know what, but you know what they didn't because when you see a goalkeeper run forward to score or run forward mm. to attack, it's like watching, you know, these amphibious creatures that they can, they spend most of the time in the water and you know they can walk, but they're not really, mm. they'd rather not do it. They'd rather be swimming. Mm. And watching a goalkeeper run forward. It's like watching an amphibious creature on the beach. You're like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not expected to be on the beach that long. Oh, right. Man. So even the way the goalkeeper runs, it's almost like there's something quite naughty about it. It's like, it shouldn't really be happening, but yeah. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And so watching him stand near the box, it's a bit like, it's like, it's like seeing a puffin on the beach. It's not harming anyone. Just mm. let it do its thing. It's like a puffin. And then he, no one, of course, no one attacks him. No one no. defends him. But the header Oh. The header is actually a it's proper. Elite. It's, it's a, a proper, proper header. An angle. Do you know those ones where you turn the neck slightly? You yes, turn the head slightly. And it comes when you're turning, almost like a sundial. You know when yes. the, you know the sundial. You're just you're just turning the head as the ball arrives, and it's almost like and a, it's, it's almost like a, like a kiss. It's like a kiss. Yeah. There's, an, there's an intimacy to it. And I'm like, yeah. yes, I saw that. So yeah, that, that's gorgeous, gorgeous finish. But Moose, can we just talk about? Firstly, we, we talk about that, and it was a gorgeous finish, but. Trent Trent Alexander's ball in. Yes. Trent Alexander-Arnold's ball in. He's been on a journey as well this year. You know, the thing is, I really feel for him because now the rumour is he may not even go, right? Even in the 26, for for whatever reason. And you think to yourself, you go back to, what can I say? 1999, and you need somebody to take two corners and put them in. You need to put them on the postage stamp for someone to score. Beckham. Thank you. David Beckham. Yeah. We're, we're talking about going to a Euros and, you know, it's going to be tight. If you're going to win Euros or you're going to go find a Euros, you need moments. And you need, in those moments, 
people to be able to come on and deliver a ball like that for us to maybe nick the goal, Harry Maguire, whoever, John Stones, and you need them to put it where it needs to be because Trent Alexander's pass, what was that, 90, he's crossed, 95th minute. Alisson's in there, no one's on him and he picks him out. Unbelievable. How yeah. are we even thinking of leaving this man in the, leaving this man out of this squad when he's got that capability? Because this happens in England. It happened to David Fucking Beckham. Hell. This is why I have to mention this. It's the same thing happened to David Beckham. It's almost like photocopy, right? David Beckham, best delivery from wide area in world football. Mm-hmm. What happens? Roberto Carlos comes up against him and basically is a generational left back who's just brutal. So Roberto Carlos basically overlaps, makes Beckham go back on his heels. All of a sudden, oh, David Beckham can't play both ways, yes. can't play defensively, can't beat a man with the trick. Mm-hmm. Listen, if you're comparing him to Luis Figo, there is not a winger in world football since Luis Figo who's had mm-hmm. the feet of Luis Figo, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, Beckham can't dribble, can't beat mm-hmm. his man with the trick. I'm like, that's a systemic problem though. Like there's a lot of people playing on wide positions that don't have that fancy footwork. They don't have it. No, no. And uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold is very good at combination play, but we know there's lots of very good reasons why Liverpool haven't been at their best this year. And there's been a knock-on effect for fullbacks. And this kind of hysteria, this hysteria, and it is hysteria in tearing Mm. down a particular player who hasn't had the best season for a range of reasons, is kind of messed up. I think people almost sometimes like to... um, there's a backlash sometimes when a brilliant player yeah. gets so he's had much, a lot so, of success so quickly, lot, Moose. Exactly what it is. And they piled on. That's all that's happened, Moose. It's a feeding it's frenzy. It's, it's yeah. exactly what it is. It's a feeding frenzy. For what? For, and when you look at him, even when he was supposedly going through this, and I know we're giving flowers for Alison and we'll get back onto him, but you can't yeah. just, we can't just go, we can't just scoot across we TAA. We have to stay here. We have to stay here. Right? Yeah, we yeah. have to stay here because when you look at his, his, emergence up to the point, then the, then the, 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 the Champions League, the, the, the Premier League and doing interviews, he's, he's amazing. People need to see, right, we need to see him when it's not so good now. What's it? We need him to have some pressure to see how he deals with it. We need, we need something so now to get the injuries. Now, all of a sudden, he hasn't got Van Dyke next to him telling him where to go. He hasn't got Henderson on his left-hand side when he goes forward to drop in. You know what I mean? All of a sudden, everybody's saying, oh, Trent can't defend. Oh, he gave away a couple of passes. Oh, this, you think to yourself, this man's game has been totally affected by what's going on. Because and when your game's affected, cover. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when your game's affected, obviously sometimes your technique's going to st- struggle a little bit. But for us to completely write this guy off when, we are, when we've seen in massive moments and what he's capable of doing yeah. from, from the right back position, massive moments to write him off, it, it just makes me, it makes me so angry. It makes me sad and angry at the same time. And this is why when you see him come back and do his stuff, those passes, those unbelievable crosses, what he does, and then you see him do that again the other day, just to, just to make someone like Gareth know, when you need somebody to put it in there, legit. if, if Trent yeah. Alexander-Arnold's not in that squad, you're looking at him and say, who's going to put that ball in on the spot because yes, you've got Mason Mount in there. And Trippier Trippier is great. I mean, Trippier is a brilliant crosser and amazing. Brilliant crosser, but yes, but we're talking about somebody. Set piece. Come on. And so I I, I just, I just hope that it's just vicious rumors that he's not going to make it because I think if he doesn't make it, 
then I think that Gareth starts off, especially from the Liverpool point of view, and a lot of people, a lot of people's point of view, on the back foot, if anything goes wrong, in respects of a delivery or having that, that option. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I, think, I think the thing, look, I think Trippier and Trent Alexander-Arnold are just two brilliant options there. And Reese James is great as well. I mean, we've got, it's so we've strange some, because yeah, we struggled. Great options, the yeah. world struggled for right backs. It was like trying to buy, I tried to buy silver in 2008 as an investment. Like you couldn't get hold of it. Like it no. was, and I think um, we now have a, a surplus of, of brilliant right backs. So I hope, I hope he makes the journey. But back to Alisson quickly. Alisson, so Alisson yes. lost his father, dedicated oh, no, um, the goal no. to his father. And also this is such important goal for Liverpool as well. Yeah. This isn't just like some random like consolation finish. This is like mm. a late winner. Needed. That puts them in the mix. And something, Thomas took also something very revealing about the status of the FA Cup and the Champions League, about the top four being a priority, which suggested that perhaps he didn't take the FA Cup final with the intensity he maybe could have. Um, right. And with two games to go, and Chelsea making fairly clear that the, champion, the top four Champions League qualifications are priority. I wonder how this West Brom result plays out for Liverpool. They could look back at this and be like, this was the moment everything changed. Mm. Such a terrible season um, for many reasons that were not their fault. It's tough defending mm. a title anyway, but with that amount of injuries, I've mm. never seen that amount of injuries to centre-backs no, ever. No, like not in no. a, a season of watching football, especially for that length of, uh, that length of time, these uh, centre-back injuries. For Liverpool to scrape mm. back into the Champions League this amazing. year would be, be incredible. It would be incredible. Yeah. It would be incredible. You know, and it should, be say, treat, it should be treated like yeah, a trophy, actually. It should, to be honest, if they do that with everything what they've been through and what their manager's been through. Unbelievable. What their right, manager's exactly. been through. You know what I mean? It is one of those where you think to yourself, yes, they've got something out of the season. They've yeah. got something. But, but like, again, it's, it's Alisson. Alisson and the, and the flowers he has to get. And you know what I've, I have to say again with Liverpool and the way they've dealt with Alisson, they kept him out of any kind of limelight, any kind of, you know what I mean? You know, putting him up for interviews or stuff. They've kept him out of it because when you listen to him speak about how he's been feeling, you know, since his father passed and everything and what his football meant to him and his dad was the one who took him and that sort of stuff, you think to yourself, Liverpool have dealt with that. Yes, yes, Magnificently. Yeah. Magnificent. Because when I saw him doing his interview, it made me well up. It made me well up, you know what I mean? I'm not sure people can, if you haven't lost, when you're a footballer and you're playing football, people just expect you to continue to play when you, you like anybody, you, you, you have a loss. And your father, like Klopp lost his mother in this. Right, right. You know, right. he's lost his father, his father drowned in that. You know, and you have to get on with it and you, you, you can't make mistakes because you look at, you look at um, Alison's performances and you could see this this year and certain things what he's done they're not Alisson right. some of the times when he's given the ball away where he's made these parts you think oh my god what's, he's, he's gone he's, and now we know the man's also, got can it, can it also the, the journey deep, yeah. yes he's the got, journey he's that it takes the journey yeah, the mm. journey the journey in football I was thinking about this the other day because obviously like you know working this book together and like you know the journey of going from someone who's not known to being a professional footballer and not only a professional footballer to being arguably the best goalkeeper in the world mm-hmm. and the goalkeeper for your country of hundreds mm-hmm. of millions of people. And your dad was there for the entire journey. He was there when no one knew who you were. He was there when you were kicking around in the back garden, right? Mm-hmm. And no one knew who the hell Alison Becker was. And to have someone in your life that literally took you from, from obscurity to the height 
yes. of the world. And, and to know there's nothing you could do to save that person. Mm, mm. The, you know, say, you know, Guardiola, Pep lost, I think his, mm-hmm. um, his mum, mm-hmm. um, Klopp lost his mother, I think both mm-hmm. during the pandemic or around yes. the same time. Yes. Yeah. The knowledge that you have all these resources in the world and you can't save can't them. Do nothing. Yeah. Honestly, it's you like, can't. It's yeah. It's, exactly what it's like. It's like, the, I remember the first, it's like the, the first Superman film when Lois Lane, remember when he had to speak to his, his dad, yeah. Jor-El. Yeah, about yeah. like all this power and I can't do anything, but I'm for, like, luckily for Superman, he's able to spin the world back around and get it done, but that can't happen. And there is a, a helplessness. There is a yeah. helplessness you feel when someone passes, when you are, what can I say? You're flushed. You've got everything. But then and you're, you realize there and you're you, on, and you're exactly. on display. You're on display. Yes. You're like, you're like a stand-up comedian yeah. or an actor yeah. or a musician. You've got you are, to carry people, on. People are there to watch you perform and to make their day. People are relying mm. on you to make their day. And your day, your day doesn't exist. You're devastated. No. It's empty. It's yeah. empty. And so, and like, remember, you're living it every yeah. minute, Moose. Yeah. So, like, you're, full you're respect, living it every, you know? every minute. Minute. No. People don't yeah. realize, like, like now we can get on with our. We're not thinking about what Alison Becker's got, what Alison's going through. Alison, we don't right, think yeah. about what Alison's going through. We're just thinking about, yeah, when he plays at Liverpool. Okay, let's watch Alice. You don't think about him in his moment. What he's been thinking about. What he thinks about when he's sitting in the dressing room. You know, yes. when he's lost his father, when he's sitting in the dressing room in that moment, you know, that, that for me is where the, the, the elite are, are separated and probably why they're there. Because you do have to be able to, 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 to put it aside and do your job. And your job is to not make any mistakes. And the amazing thing here, just to, on this, just to say on this, is that the fact that he says that in his post-match interview shows you how close it is to the surface all the yes, time. You're yes. in the middle of a high pressure game on the verge of getting Champions League qualification and you're literally thinking of your dad in that moment because if it comes, if it comes out straight after the final whistle, it's there all the time. Even at breaks in play, you might be thinking about that. Mm. This, is what, this is why I'm always amazed by the elite athlete, to be honest. It's the ability to make decisions under yeah. pressure at that speed with all the normal things that rush through our heads as human beings. Yeah at the same time, but still to find a way to cut it out and still get done what you need to do. I find that remarkable. Amazing. And he has to get flowers for that. He has to. Dortmund, bro. Borussia Dortmund. And Jaden and Harlan. The great escape. Well, like I said, I watched the the final because I'm trying to get to watch more games in that. What, the uh, German Cup final, right? Yes. Yes. And... I, w- I want to watch more and I'm going to probably watch more, especially with Rai. You know what I mean? You can't say anything bad about the Bundesliga. Otherwise, man just loses his shite. Yeah, good bro. luck with that. Exactly. Goodness. And I can't wait for the fans to get back in there because that's what we've got to do, Moose. When I come across Germany, we've got to go to Dortmund. I want to see the wall. Oh bro. my goodness. I mean, unbelievable. It's Can you one of the things I need to, <laughs> I need to, need to do. Vibes. But like when you watch um, that team, like they've won the final, they qualified for the, for the Champions League now. What does that mean for the Sancho's and the Harlands now? I think it's amazing. Okay, so there's a couple of things here. So first of all, so Dortmund were like, until quite recently, were seven points off the Champions League places. Mm-hmm. They've now mm-hmm. sealed qualification. That's huge. So shout out to Ed and Terzic, who took charge. Mm. Favre got sacked and they were in a bad position. And, you know, Terzic is a hardcore Dortmund fan. So for him to do this is amazing, right? It's yeah. incredible for them as a journey for him on an individual level. So to get them into the Champions League, as a coaching achievement was incredible because that club was in disarray on the field mm-hmm. and to win this cup. So they beat Leipzig 4-1. Now that's big because Leipzig are second in the Bundesliga and psychologically to say that you are 
effectively beating the second best team in the country. Mm-hmm. Big deal. Um, and they've beaten them just before that, 3-2 in, yeah. in the Bundesliga. So in terms of like Dortmund's trajectory, they're going to get Marco Rosa, brilliant manager, in through the door at a time when they're kind of peaking. Mm. What's really exciting about this Dortmund team though, winning the cup, and this is the bigger legacy for me, is that they have all won something together now mm-hmm. in emphatic style. This wasn't some like, you know, last minute winner. This was a coronation. 4-1, Sancho and Haaland, outstanding. Yes. Yes. Bellingham, brilliant. Marco yeah. Royce was just like the kind of maestro, like just directing like Beethoven, you know? Yes. Um, and I think this is really powerful because you see the way they celebrated at the end. You're like, this squad I saw, is I saw, united. I saw, yeah. I saw Haaland pointing, at, at, pointing down at him. Like the camera was looking down at both of them. Yeah. And he was pointing towards Marco Royce like, no. The OG. This, yeah. This, that's this the guy. The that's guy. the guy. This is the exactly. guy here. Yeah. And you know what? I, I get the impression now and this is why I, 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 I got to speak to Rai as well at some stage because I know that he probably is just like all over himself with this this team because you know if you mention any of them leaving he he loses his his, his fucking mind. But the fact, <laughs> but the, the, the thing is, do you think this now with with them qualifying, the team looking again a, a year better, another year? Give them another year. Listen, give the, I, do you think I one think more year? They, one more year, do, man. They, yeah, one more year. Here's the thing. One more year. Because look, they've, they've all won something together now. Nagelsmann is going to buy him. That is not going to be an easy job. They got to integrate players into that team that are in mm. not the best form. Sané's not in the best form, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, uh, so that's a new sign in for your work. Apamakana has got to come in. Yes. He's got to integrate a lot of talent. He's worked with Apamakana. We know that, but he's got to upset maybe established players to get in his players that he wants. There's a lot of flux. This is a chance for Dortmund, actually, if they steal the march quickly, if they start mm-hmm. the next season as well as they ended this season, yes. they've got to be like, they've got among themselves, winning. we're going for the league this year. Let's league. do one and done. Holland, like almost, listen, you might be gone and let's not be naive. A mm-hmm. couple of you might not be here a year from now. Let's do this one and done. Do you know what, that, that, what with, the, um, with those players, those Jude Bellingham, yeah. Sancho, Haaland, then you go for the Champions you know I mean? League as well. Then you Rainer. go for the Champions League. These guys, you think to yourself, for them to have that, you know, to, to have that for, forever, you know, the party, what they have forever, they meet up every year until they're yeah. like 70. And say, so remember that time when they kept selling players and they kept the players together and we stayed, you know, we stayed, dude, and Sancho stayed. We stayed that extra year. Yes. Because you, you can't, you, you, it's it's literally, you look at the, a bit, the, just them three, you look at Haaland, Bellingham and Sancho, even without Gigi, even without Reyna, to, not, just look at them three, yes. right? And you think to yourself, all three of them, especially Bellingham, for the way he's going and Sancho, the way, they're, they're all they're like generational kind of like ability. They're astonishing, they're astonishing. Generational talents yeah. in one team. You think to yourself, can you imagine, we look at that team in 50 years time and say, them three, we're in this team together. The at team that together. Age. Yeah. You know, it's exciting as well. Do you know it's exciting? Because so Dortmund, like, Jude Bellingham hasn't played a full season in front of Dortmund's fans. Wow. Do you know what that's like? You know, like, so in, in a near um near Stuttgart, they drop they test drive the Mercedes up and down like one of the mm-hmm. one of the fast lanes, right? Yeah. It's like seeing that Mercedes going up and down, up and down, up and down, and all of a sudden you see it on your street. That's what's gonna be like for Dortmund's <laughs> fans. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. For Dortmund fans, you're going to be like, oh my goodness, like 
We'd yeah. seen Bellingham on TV, but up close and we see him and like but his relationship. Yeah. And, can yeah. You, and could you imagine Bellingham as well? Remember, he's not seen, so he hasn't got the energy. He's hasn't, he hasn't Incredible. taken none of their energy from in there. He exactly. hasn't seen the wall. Exactly. It's going to be unbelievable. Oh He's going to be in awe. Like Marco, you can imagine Marco Royce and be like, Marco, what's the wall like? And Marco just smiles and goes, you got to see it, Jude. You got to see it. Oh, see, but it can't be. It. No, no, trust me. Like that is going to be a thing. And yes. the, be- the beauty of it all is that Dortmund have done all this stuff. They've worked on themselves almost on a kind of effectively behind closed doors, right? And they presented now a cup winning team. Think about this. The first time they have, they're reacquainted with their full stadium, there'll probably be a, a parade in front of their fans. Mm. And it's not the same as like in front of the city centre. When you take that cup to the stadium, that is an amazing thing, right? Like we were, we got locked out for a year, you were locked mm-hmm. out for a year and this is what we brought back to yes. a full stadium. That's yes. an incredible piece of bonding. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm, I'm not even a Dortmund fan and I'm hyped. I'm hyped about I'm it. I'm hyped for Dortmund. I've always, I always, fight f- there's a hype about Dortmund. I reckon this is one of the ones where they slyly go, let's go for the Champions League, but not tell anyone. Let's go for the Champions League and mm-hmm. the Bundesliga. Yeah. And maybe even repeat the Pokal, but not tell anyone we're planning this. Mm. To do that, they need to get they need to get more competition, I think, in the goalkeeping area. Mm. And they need another centre back. But they don't need that much, actually. I don't think Dortmund need that much extra. If you mm. think of the kind of flux we've been in and you think what Dortmund can do in the in attack, on their day, they're devastating. We see what happened yes. in, the, in the let's just get into very quickly what Holland did oh, in God the God. final against yeah. Pamacano. It was it, you know what, Moose? It was to the point where like, I looked at it and I said, that's, that's the guy that, that that's all the noise is about. This is, he's going to Bayern under the pressure he's under. Yeah. You know what I mean? Seeing what Haaland done to him. You know what I mean? We're talking about somebody whose confidence is going to be very low, but like saying that. Here's the thing. Haaland on that form makes anyone look bad. Exactly. It looked like, do you know, uh, you know, you look strength, out. Strength moose. You know, when it's really windy sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you look out of your window and you see like the leaves in a kind of little whirlwind, like a little whirlpool. <laughs> it looked like, <laughs> I know it sounds bad. That's what it felt like was happening. To it's, he, was, he was in a little whirlpool. Yeah, it was a little whirlpool because you see the way that like, what, what Holland does is he kind of goes from like right to left across the box. Mm. And the way he cuts inside like that, it's like he almost like orbits him. And then he passes it into the corner. And the thing with that is it's like, He's so brutal. It's like watching a buffalo and then the buffalo gets out his magic wand. You're like, oh, I didn't think you were that dead. <laughs> You're like, oh. It's the fin- yes, Moose, yeah, it's I, like, I get well, it. It's that, that, yeah, yeah. that lovely yeah. little, like, because yeah. the way he done it, he was really bullish. Yeah. And, the, and the way, the way Meccano like bounced off of him, it was almost like, yes, that's going to happen to you when I, yeah. yeah that's gonna, and then he just come back on his left and just put it in there. I, and I, I love his celebration. I love it. he's, he's very, he's so Viking. He's, a, he is, he's, he's Viking. He's, it's like watching, it's so, watching him attack like that is so, um, it's quite primal, isn't it? Because he's a player that is so ferocious, but he knows yeah. exactly when to use force. Yeah. Yeah. He knows when to be delicate with the one touch, but he knows when to just ramp it. And that, you know, players that use their body like that, that is like, it's so funny how football goes in cycles because you have like a strikerless team about possibly going to win the Champions League. Mm-hmm. In the final, you've got two teams who will probably start the game without elite centre forwards. Yeah. Right? Mm. And then while those two teams are about to compete the biggest game, which is the game that sets the tone for the rest of football, tactically, you've got one of the great number nines, one of the old school throwbacks, like a kind of yeah. Dixie Dean type yeah. blood and thunder centre forward. Like it's so funny how football goes in cycles like this. And mm. Holland, 
the only good, the thing about the season that is really amazing is that even though we haven't had fans in the stadiums, everyone's acknowledged that Jadon Sancho and Erling mm. Haaland are the real deal. Yeah. There was a yeah. lot of talk. Oh, are they really mm-hmm. this? Are they really that? Yeah. He's playing in the smaller league. Uh, you know, he, he's gone away to Germany, but is the league that good? Like, yeah. yeah, like these people are legit. This league is not a joke and these players are not clowns. I, you see how like Jadon Sancho and Erling Haaland have managed their careers so far. Mm-hmm. It's a mixture of bravery and patience, right? Mm. Bravery to leave a club and go somewhere else and try yourself at a bigger level, but also the patience not to make the, the big move in quotes too early. Mm. Do you know that reminds me of? Romelu Lukaku, mm. right? So here's the thing. We're looking at these players that are staying one more year at Dortmund, but why not two? Yes. Here's the thing. They won this poker. They got the age. Yeah, they won a trophy is. together and they got the Champions League qualification. Neither of those things were maybe likely just a, a couple of months ago. That bought Dortmund another year, right? Of those players' time, I reckon. If they win one big trophy next year, if it's a league or a Champions League, who's to say that doesn't keep them at these clubs for another year on top of that? Yeah. Because it's like, things are going so well for our development. We know we're going to end up at X or Y club eventually. Mm. What's to stop us having another incredible year in this region that loves watching us play at home in a way? Like, why not just have a couple of years of that? It would be yeah. like Ajax having another year, running it back with mm. Donny van der Beek and oh Frankie de Jong. Oh God, Frankie de Jong. And you look how quickly a team, Ajax is the parable in all this. Ajax is the classic example of a team that broke up a year too early. Because we can't yeah. say really that any of those players should have left when they did. I, I, it's very, it's, uh, you know, before we go, Moose, it's very interesting what you say about their career management mm. and the fact that they took a chance on themselves. We're talking about Jaden Sancho doing that since he was a child. He went from right. Watford. Went to boarding school. Went yeah. To, to, yeah, yeah. Went to boarding school. Went to Watford, to Watford boarding school. Then he went from Watford to Manchester. Then he went yes. from Manchester to Germany. You know, all this I was, time. I wasn't going from Watford to Uxbridge at that age. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, no way was I making those moves, but like, yeah. Again, it comes down to the management of the player yes. and the faith in the ability. Same with, with, with Haaland and the way they've, they've, can you imagine watching him and see, seeing him when he was doing his stuff at Mulder saying, we've got, we have got, yes. we, we found it. We've found Superman. Here he is. This, I would love to see, him, you know, I'd gonna... love to see, I'd love to see the conversation that Sancho's parents have with Haaland's parents. Wow. Cause you know, that's happened. Imagine them like in the box, like talking about what the director's box, whatever, or like the players oh lounge, God. those conversations about, oh, it, like, oh, what did you do with Erling when Erling was developing? Yeah. What, yeah. Yes. That, that's the, that, that is fascinating. And what I do love about that as well is, is that's obviously Haaland, like his dad, his dad knows what he's got. Jaden yeah. Sancho's that they know what they've got, but we're still dealing with a certain amount of luck and, and, and a certain amount of, continuing to progress and, yes. and, and progress to the next level and still be the best at that level. Because you know what's funny as well? Go on, go on, Miss. There are probably like parents of kids that had maybe talent in the same universe as Horn mm-hmm. and, and, and Sancho going, yeah, yeah. why didn't we take this gamble for our kids? Because you know yes. it. They're looking at Jadon Sancho and Ellen Holland going, they took the leap when we didn't. But can I say as well, Moose, why? is because we're dealing with parents who are looking at them and what they're capable of doing instead of them and the money that they can make. Because yes, if you look at these two players, they, from, from young ages, they could probably, like he could have stayed at City and he could be earning whatever he's earning now, Jaden Sancho, fleeting like games. You know, we've seen Foden come through, of course, but fleeting games maybe, but like not to the level what he's doing. Same with Haaland. Haaland could have, like when you see him, like, he could have easily gone somewhere for a vast amount of money. Yes. Same with Sancho, but they've not, gone for the money 
And what I'm saying is, is that when you've got the right people shepherding your career. Incredible, yeah. And having faith in what you may do. This goes back to me with someone like Harry Kane signing that deal in 2018. Mm. You just have to have faith in what you're going to do because there's a bigger picture for what you want to do. Of course, yeah. And these two, the picture with these two, the sky is the fucking limit with these two guys now. Absolutely. They can literally go anywhere in the world because they've been managed right up to this point. So I just hope it carries. So honestly, exciting. it's majorly exciting for them. Most yeah. majorly exciting. I just hope they stay in Dortmund one more year to be selfish so they can go and so watch them. So do I. Yeah, yeah. I think ah, that ah. one more year. I think one more year. One more year. One more year. One more year. Nice one, Moose. Moose, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna have to leave you, bro. My pleasure. My pleasure. I'm gonna I'm have gonna to leave you. I, I can't wait to see you, Moose, because it looks like the world is going back to normal. And yes. things are going to happen where I'll be able to hug you and see you in the flesh. Vibes, yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. In Berlin, hopefully. Berlin, or and then London. you've got to come yeah. to London because of yesterday, course. Moose, yesterday, I, I took my wife to lunch and I had my first Guinness at my favourite pub. Oh my and goodness. I, f- I felt emotional. I'm so emotional now, Moose. I'm, so, I'm getting tired of myself. Me too. So I'm emo- it was just like, it was beautiful. It was so lovely. I'm thinking the world's getting back. It's coming back. And yeah. that's what's going to, when I see you and Rye and everybody in the flesh, then I'll know Vibes. God is great. He's great. He's great. Okay, that was it. Me and Uncle Moose. Thanks, Moose Akwanga. Always a pleasure. Thanks everybody for listening. I hope you do have a wonderful week. It's only one more kind of week for the season. But hey, the Euros, baby. <laughs> Listen, guys, all the best. Have a great week. And we'll see you soon. Take it easy.